Um, James. What's up? What is the good word? <clears throat> I'm tired as hell. Oh. Well, you've already started drinking. Yes, I have. Why are you so tired? We, we've been running. We've been running in the streets. Until we get by, I'm on your side. I'll be your shoulder. I'll be your shoulder. Through the rough water. happy with the fact that I went to the gym this morning. Yeah. Um you know things are things are good. I'm 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 in a good space right now. I'm not joining you with a cocktail right, right now. Right. We didn't talk about what are you drinking? I am drinking um some Belvedere, but a special Belvedere. Um let me help him get the bottle. It's an unfiltered rum diamond rye. Oh Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a pretty it's, bottle. Does that mean it's not? Oh, it is vodka. Yes, vodka, and some edelflower. Some, some what? Some edelflower. It's called elderflower. What did I say? Edelflower. <laughs> <laughs> it's elderflower. Yes, it is. And I said edelflower. I mean, you whatever said, I said, it was wrong. You said it was what only wrong. you can say. I'm gonna blame it on me being tired. But we. we I wouldn't <laughs> blame it on that. This is, <laughs> typical it's very typical that's very true but yeah so that's what i'm drinking and you know we're actually in atlanta yeah we are and we're we came down here for she podcast Mm -hmm. live um and so yeah we've been you know up early and you know out all night i'm having water since you didn't ask but you can see that i'm having water i haven't even gotten to i was still talking oh okay but what are you drinking her attitude has been on my nerves all day long, guys. All day long. We were in an Uber <laughs> on our way over here, and you know we were going at it so much in the Uber ride that the man said, first he said, oh, well, what do you do for a living back in New York? And Michelle, you know Michelle, she loves to tell him exactly. She doesn't like to tell people what she does. She likes to tell them who she is and her title. Because he, he said, not he said, he said no. what do you do? Michelle, the man said, what do you and do said, back in New York? Exact. That is not what you said. What you said, I am the VP of marketing for a network. That's what you said. A TV And then network. you said, yes, a TV network. And then you said. I said, that's my and day I, job. And you said, that's my day job. And then you were quiet. And then I said, well, go ahead and tell them about your night job then. No, because then you said, Danny, like we were on a panel. <laughs> you were like, Danny, what do you do? And I was like, well, why don't you go ahead and tell them about your night job then? And Guys, then you I just want to say that this might be the first time y'all hear Danny get choked on the mic. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Let me tell you this is something and, and mark I'm my words. Saying, I'm just saying. You will never hear me get never choked say never. on this mic. Now, I might be... <laughs> Oh shit! If ever, I'm sure there's some people that that um, have heard me choke yeah, on the mic. Exactly, it ain't recorded. Ooh, 
There you go. Since you wanted to go no, there. I didn't Why do you always have to bring that out of me on the mic? What are you talking about? <sighs> Sorry. Cranky today. Uh, am I cranky? Mm-hmm. I'm cranky. You know, no, you you're are. not eating carbs. I'm, I'm going to put uh, Danny on blast to the listeners. So today we were we went Danny and I went to lunch and we were eating um, we got some salmon chips from this great place I'm not gonna say the name because they're not a sponsor but it's a great <laughs> restaurant in Atlanta and you know you know the last it's couple a great of days, restaurant that Michelle has been talking she's about been since drinking we got here salsa water she's been drinking salsa water and you know and I'm just kind of you know I'm feeling a little guilty to myself I'm like damn you know she's so disciplined she's so good she's been working out which is great but. Every time I see Danny when we're not eating, she's got this big, super gigantic bag of chips. Now, she's in a we're in a session earlier, she's eating these chips. We're getting the Uber, we're eating the fucking You chips. are about to get ready no, for the, this microphone. I want you to keep talking. Up. I want you to keep talking. And I'm talking. just looking at her like, okay, am I crazy? Um, you're not eating the carbs at dinner or lunch or drinking, but you're eating like a bag of like uh, uh, where's the bag at? Cause you got I'm gonna go get to get Danny's purse because I know the chips is in the bag. Cause I want to let have the listeners. Guys, she stepped out the room. Clearly, she's been drinking so much that she doesn't even know that the mic is nowhere near her. The chips are in the garbage, Michelle. They're done. Exactly, because you ate the chips up. I'm okay with the fact, I am, I am really okay yeah. with the chips that I ate. Now I want so, you to sit down for two seconds, because now you've pissed me off on the mic. Continue. And I'm gonna give your ass some okay, for life right now. Now here's the deal, guys. The chips are called popcorners. They're a lot healthier than the regular chips that I would normally be eating, and that's the healthier option that I picked for myself. They were kettle corn popcorners, okay? Now let's look at the facts, and you need to understand the diet that I'm on. I'm on Weight Watchers, I'm not on a no-carb diet, and I am limiting my carb intake. Now here's the deal about this big-ass bag that she's talking about. It's a regular bag of potato chips. It's not the 25 or 50 cent bag. Where is the bag? It's, the ba- it's in the garbage. You want to go pull yeah, the shit out? Go pull it out, Michelle. The garbage is in that room over there, Michelle. Now here's the deal. And if y'all can't tell on the mic, I am hot. Now here's the deal. Let me finish. First I'm gonna take on my stuff. I'm gonna take on my stuff and then I'm gonna take on Michelle's stuff. What? Let me finish, Michelle. Cause I let you do all that talking and I'm gonna talk and I would like you to remain silent. So, I bought those chips yesterday in the airport, right? I could have opted for a banana, but I opted to buy those chips. I ate some of them in the airport. No, I ate some of them on the plane. And then I had a few in my room yesterday. This morning when I woke up, I before we went to this conference that we went to, I ate some more of those chips. I had no breakfast, thank you. Then while we were in the place, I had a pear. I leaned over to Michelle, I said, did you eat today? You know what this told me she had? A fucking donut. Where you hold on. At that? You no. You yeah, want to talk about? Hold on. You want to talk? Hold on. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I did not bring my diet onto the mic. You did. I said I'm drinking water and I'm doing Weight Watchers, and you started talking about me having this big ass bag of chips. You wanted to go there, so here we go. So she tell. I said, Michelle, did you have breakfast? She said, I had a donut. Now, <laughs> if you want to know what kind of donut she had, she had an old fashioned <laughs> donut from Starbucks. 
Check the calorie count on that shit. Hold on. Let me finish. Let me finish. I'm going to go ahead and finish. I'm sure along with that donut, you had some type of latte or something else or whatever. I had water. Now, fast forward. We go to lunch. Michelle has been raving about this new place since we... Not It's not a new place, but she's been raving about this place since we got to Atlanta. Today, we're like, okay, we're hungry. We're going to lunch. We go get this. We go to this place. We order these crab chips. I'm like, oh, these look pretty tasty. No, they're not crab chips. They're salmon chips. I'm saying to myself, oh, they look pretty tasty. I'm going to have some of these salmon chips. But instead, what I do is I wanted to get the full flavor of what it tastes like. So I bit into one of the salmon chips. And I had some of the chip that's on the bottom of the salmon because they give you four big chips with a, like a little pile of salmon on top. I bit into that. But the rest of it, I scraped the salmon off. And I just ate the salmon and left the chips. She goes, what's the matter? You didn't like the chip or whatever? And I said, no, I'm watching my cops. But I have never passed any judgment on her. I didn't say, you don't need to eat that carb. I've never said anything like that. When I woke up this morning and went to the gym, nothing. If I say to her, yo, you want to go to the gym? And she says, no, she don't want to go. I don't say nothing. This guilt that she's talking about that she feels, that's on her. I do yeah. not put myself on Michelle. Hold on a minute. So I went to the gym this morning. I ate a few of my chips that I had in my big ass bag that she's talking about. And then I had a pair and then we went to this restaurant. I ordered a piece of fried catfish and a kale salad because guess what? Danny is watching her carb intake. Now, does that mean that I should have had a piece of fried fish? Maybe not, but that's what I opted to do. I also saw this amazing dessert on the menu that looked right up my alley. I said, ooh, this looks really good. And I thought to myself, but I'm not going to get it. But I didn't even say that out loud. Michelle goes, well, they got this um, coconut cake and I'm getting that shit. Okay, get it. I didn't say anything about it. The coconut cake comes out. Michelle is enjoying her coconut cake. All I said to her was that, oh, is that sorbet next to it? She said, yes. I tasted the sorbet and then I took a little taste of the cake. I did not like the way it tastes because it was way too much coconut in it. I spit that shit out. Because guess what? It wasn't worth the calories to me. We kept it moving. I have never said anything to her about any of the things that she ate today. I didn't say nothing about your five-ounce brisket um, <laughs> that you had that went along with your hash. I didn't Guys, say nothing about the sweet tea. that you, I didn't say nothing right about now? the tea that you drank do when you, you asked the man for liquid sugar. You didn't even know to say that you wanted simple syrup. She going to talk about, can I get some liquid syrup? <laughs> I mean, some liquid sugar to put in my sweet tea. So not, yeah, because you was an like asshole it. when you were talking I about like my liquid I am not on a no-carb diet. I am limiting my carb intake. I am counting my points. And I am trying to take care of who? Danielle Brown. Why? Because Danielle Brown has gained some weight. And I want to get back to the D-Brown that I like. Well, that's on you. But here's what's not on you. Is what I put in my mouth. Listen. And I don't appreciate so don't you ever listen get that jiggy on this mic. Listen, let me tell you something. I'm always gonna shit like I'm gonna call it like I see it. I'm going to just just low carb diet. She's been cranky. So we are moving forward because clearly we were bickering. We're going to get into these highs and lows. And so I was recently reminded about why, you know, Danny and I started this podcast in the first place. And so my high takes 
me back to last Saturday where Danny and I were honored by the Yvonne McCullough Foundation for our work towards breast cancer awareness and saving women. And I had posted on social media that it was, it was by far the best award that I had ever received. And what was just really so special about it is the actual um, words on the actual award, which says, you know, thank you for helping us um, save women's lives. And that is why, you know, we started um, the podcast. You know, it was very special. It was a beautiful, beautiful day. The event was at a golf course. And it was just, 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 just beautiful. There was a lot of honorees. And just to hear women's stories about their fight against breast cancer and, and surviving. And, you know, there were a lot of tears. But most importantly, there was a lot of support. You know, I always want to remember that feeling that I felt that day because I had posted a picture and I said, if I look happy, it's hell. You know, I had to like quantify it. It's hell. It's because I am. And so I want to I want to remember that moment. So that is my high. Yeah, that was a good moment. It was nice to see you up um, at the podium accepting that award. You know, you got a little emotional, which was great. You know, I always enjoy seeing you in these moments where you are able to be recognized for your fight and for your voice because for so long you were quiet and you did not want people to know about the fact that you had cancer. And so now that you've come out of the cancer closet, if you will, um, yes, I love seeing you stand in your light and be recognized for your survivorship. And you were, you were recognized as well. Yeah, but I'm talking about you being recognized. Yes. Okay. And so, you know, it reminds me of a conversation that I had with my friend Melinda Gaynor once mm -hmm. when I was talking about her struggle with cancer. Mm -hmm. And I had sent her a text message one time and I said to her, I'm just so proud of you and, you know, you're, you've been this great inspiration, just, you know, living this journey out loud and so on. Mm-hmm. And she wrote back, I wish I didn't have to inspire like this. Mm -hmm. And I remember it sat me down, literally. I was standing up reading the text and I sat down and I kind of cried because I thought about, I was like, the nerve of you. You know, you're here putting this woman on a pedestal for mm -hmm. living her cancer journey out loud and celebrating this. And she's like, yeah, that's great, but I wish it wasn't this that mm -hmm. I wasn't being an inspiration for. And I understood what she said. Mm -hmm. um, I never forget why this podcast came to be. You know, this podcast happened because you had cancer. Mm -hmm. And I, I just hope that we always remember that as we move forward. So that was a great event. I'm happy that I was able to be there with you and be by your side. What was your low? You know, my low for the the week has really just been a struggle with just you know work-life balance you know I feel like you know we had the great high on Saturday and then you know Monday you know I'm, I'm in the midst of you know launching a couple of shows and it's just you know like you're literally just burning the candle at both ends and I think it starts to take a, a toll on you like even just today you know, I think earlier I mentioned to you, like, oh, like, you know, I feel so tired. Like, 
you know, my eyes do this weird thing when I'm tired where it's just like, it wants to just go to bed. And so that's where I was feeling like I'm pooped. Yeah, I think for me, um, this week's low is, I've been struggling a lot with letting go. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've had some things happen in the last couple of weeks with friends that have just rubbed me the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, recognizing that we are all human beings and that yes. the way that people treat you is more about who they are and what they're going through and less about who you are is something that I have to keep teaching myself because I have to be responsible for the way that I show up. Mm-hmm. And when people show up a certain way in your life or not, mm-hmm. you can't take it personal. And a couple of weeks ago, um, someone that I know basically ghosted me. Um, And I've known this person for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what happened. Like, all of a sudden, you know, we just, we had a conversation Mm -hmm. and I thought everything was good. Were you getting on his nerves? I never said that it wasn't him. (laughs) Oh, that's very true, I assumed. Um, was you, it a him? You did make an assumption. But was um, it? Which is not new for you. It shade. was a him. Well, you know, we, we sometimes throw shade on this podcast. Um, it was a him. It was, but it's, it's a guy that I've known for like years. I'm not mm-hmm. talking about somebody that's just like, you know, some new dude on the block. Right. But what I realized is that, you know, I kept thinking like, oh, I wonder what happened. Or I wonder if they're okay. Because that's my, that's my MO is to always be like, yo, is everything okay with you? to check in with people. Mm-hmm. And when I sent the text, are you okay? Or just calling to make sure that everything is good and I haven't heard from them since, I have to remember that everything is not always about you, Danny. And if by chance I have been ghosted by this um, friend, so mm-hmm. to speak, God bless. Mm-hmm. And keep it moving. Yeah. And so he's not my low. The low is the awareness of people Mm -hmm. and how they show up in your life and the impact that their presence or lack thereof can have on your peace of mind Mm -hmm. because you sometimes are wondering what happened or Mm -hmm. why did this happen or why did they respond to you this way or why didn't that go right or why didn't this go left and Mm -hmm. at some point you just gotta like I don't care like you just gotta get to a point where it's like it doesn't matter and I kind of feel like I'm talking in circles right now because I'm kind of thinking it all out in my mind as I go forward with this like what is the real low but the low is the recognition Mm -hmm. of people disappointing and Mm -hmm. having to deal with the disappointments of people yeah and still keep going and not take it personal right so it's like a low and a lesson Mm -hmm. if that makes sense my high yes yeah because that's kind of like it's like get this high um, my high is the fact that Michelle and I are in Atlanta. Yeah. And we um, were on stage last night. We rocked the mics right. 
at the She Podcast Live. Yeah, we did. It was a super dope experience where we had the opportunity to get on stage and give people a little example of what cocktails and cancer is. We were in a room filled of women who are interested in podcasting or podcasters themselves. Yep. And, um... It just was a great opportunity. We got on stage. They had our theme music playing. We was all excited when we got on the stage. Mm-hmm. Um, but before, but before we got on the stage, we was quiet. Yeah, we was kind of quiet. <laughs> I remember one point I looked over at Michelle and she was looking at me like, "Oh shit, what's about to go down?" Um, and we both started laughing and everything. But when we did get on the stage, it was dope. It was it was, it was a really great experience. And then after we did. Um, a little episode and I'm saying like we gave them a mini episode so Mm -hmm. we took them through the poor we took them through the high and the low and then we hit them with some quick sips and we were out Um, but after that we had a panel discussion with two other podcasters or two other podcasts period Um, one is the color girl beautiful and the other one is um, from the bottom of the map Mm-hmm. Or is it just, it's just the bottom, bottom of the, the map. map. Yeah, yeah, bottom of the map. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a great experience. I'm happy that we did it. I hope that Michelle and I are able to, you know, keep moving forward and uh, having experiences like that. And I hope that we continue to grow. You know, these are all, it's so fascinating to me how we've just been given these uh, opportunities to continue to show our talents, but also evolve. And um, I'm just thankful for it. Danny and I got this text that I was actually trying to find from my friend um, Bryce, who came through and um, supported us at the event. He texted us and he said, "Y'all are fucking amazing, and the chemistry is off the charts." And he just like when I got off the stage, he was just like beaming. He's like, "Like, oh my god, I didn't know what to expect. Like, this was like so awesome." And it, it felt good to uh, have people listen to what you're saying and receive it so well. I am really excited about the interview that you guys are about to hear. Um, so Woo-hoo! we had the opportunity to um, speak to a longtime friend of mine, Craig yes. the Writer Stewart, um, who I love and adore. And he is just an amazing man, the but joy. he's also an amazing writer. Up next will be our interview with Craig yeah. the Writer Stewart. Seen and heard. Craig. <laughs> <laughs> that was real fake. It was. Craig. And her bottom lip like I know. dropped. I know. Yes. <laughs> I was giving you Hollywood. Yes, yes. Um, I love it. um, So, Craig the writer Stewart, a.k.a. Craig Stewart. Yes. Mm -hmm. A.k.a. Craig. (laughs) A.k.a. The King. The King. Oh, shit. The King. I didn't know about that one. The King. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's back to Hampton days. Craig is, um, he is indeed a writer. He, uh, Directed, wrote, and produced mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. a play. Mm-hmm. A Day in the Life. Yes, A Day in the Life. When was that? Oh my God. The first production was 2002. I was 20. We were 26. Yes. Well, I was 26. You hadn't turned 26 yet. I'm a little younger than he is. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I was 26, yeah. Yeah, so he um, wrote, directed, and produced A Day in the Life. Um, he also is the author of a wonderful book. Three yes. books. Well, I was getting to them. Oh, okay. 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 
You're right. So he is the author of a wonderful book, Words Never Spoken, mm -hmm. which is a memoir. Mm -hmm. It is his first book. Yeah, that's my baby. Oh, I love that book. I loved reading it. Um, I knew the story very well. Yeah. Some of it was new to me. Yeah. But a lot of it I did know. Mm-hmm. Because you're in it. I'm in the book. Yeah. I am in the book. He also wrote a book, One Thing for Certain, Two Things for Sure. Yes. And his last book, the last book that he wrote, not the last book to ever be written mm -hmm. by him, is So Much to Say, a yeah. book of quotes. Yeah. Um, he's been busy. He also has his own podcast. So much to say. So much to say. So much to say. Good day, thinkers, thought leaders, progressives, and dreamers. Yes, yes. that's how he opens every episode. Yeah. And he is also the, the producer mm -hmm. and showrunner for the Queen's Supreme Court. Yeah, with T.S. Mm -hmm. Madison. Yes. Yeah. You are busy. Busy. Listen, it's good. It's busy. Yeah, it's it's good. good. Cause yeah. I remember those days where where I was sitting at home, like wondering, dreaming, wishing, praying, and hoping and imagining mm -hmm. that it was gonna happen. You know what I mean? Like right, I was working right. day jobs and calling Danielle on the phone and calling, you know, a couple of other people mm -hmm. that are in my tribe. You know, just talking about it. You know, because I think that the vision starts with your imagination. I believe right. that your imagination is God's proof. To you, mm -hmm. what's possible in your life? Right. But I was imagining for so long, and I, I saw the vision, and I saw things happening. But I just felt so far away from it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I felt so I, like I could almost touch it. I was so close. I felt right. like I could almost taste it. But yet, I still felt so far away, mm. and it was so frustrating. What helped get you through those times when you felt so far away, or what helped get you through that journey? Oh my God. Well, first and foremost, I think that because writing and creating is mm -hmm. my passion, those are my passions. I believe if it's a part of who you are, like it's in my DNA. And so it's not something that I could ever really walk away from. So even, you know, during those years where I felt like I was going to walk away from it and I kept saying to myself, I have to give up on this because I felt like writing mm -hmm. hurt me because mm -hmm. it wasn't really producing the life, the career that I wanted, and it mm -hmm. felt like those people, like my friends, the people that were closest to me, it felt like they were progressing mm -hmm. or seemingly mm -hmm. more blessed, mm -hmm. and I was not. Like, mm. I had friends that were going on to buy homes, and, and I was struggling to hold on to an apartment. I had friends that were going on to buy new cars, and I was struggling to hold mm -hmm. on to a car, you know what I mean, to pay my car insurance. So it just became one of those things that I decided that I was going to give up Mm -hmm. on pursuing or chasing the dream because after all I have a degree you know from Hampton right. so I said well I'll just go and, and get a career get a job you know mm -hmm. just get a job but there was something in me that just kept forcing me and telling me to bet on my hunch mm. like to bet on myself right. you know right. and so I just couldn't walk away from it you know even though I kept saying this this writing thing because at first it started off as writing music I moved here mm. initially to write music and then it became a stage play then it became greeting cards mm -hmm. I have a greeting card business called say it in a card say it in a card.com and so you know it became that like, <laughs> shameless plug. Yes. Shameless, shameless plug. you should plug. be on this microphone. Yes, please. we have breakup cards, trouble out, relationship cards, friendship cards. Yes, yes. <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, it became that, and then it became the books. Right. You know, but so it became these different incarnations of writing. 
And I remember having friends who would say to me, well, Craig, I just think you need to focus on one thing. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you started with the music, but to me, it was one thing. Like right. to me, it was writing. It was right. all under the umbrella of writing. Right. And so I kept saying I was gonna walk away from it because it wasn't really producing the results that I thought, but when it's your passion, you can't walk away from it. Right. Yeah, you and I both have a passion for black men. Mm. <laughs> I am a part of the community, people. <laughs> LGBTQ plus. Yes. Um, we love black men. Mm -hmm. Yes, we do. And you said that we love words, we love lyrics, mm -hmm. we love friendships. Yes. Um, you know, I asked somebody this the other day when we were having an interview um, about the role that you play in your friendships because, uh -huh. you know, Michelle and I often talk about the fact that she was the patient and I was the caregiver. Uh -huh. And in most relationships, you'll have a caregiver and a patient. Mm -hmm. um, and those roles may swap sometimes. In your relationships, specifically your friendships, do you feel that you are a caregiver or a patient? Oh, I think every friendship gives you something different. Mm -hmm. um, I think in some of those friendships, I am caregiver. I think in more of my friendships, I'm caregiver. Mm -hmm. And I saw a quote, I think on social media, and it said, um, sometimes the healer needs healing. Mm -hmm. And that resonated with me. Mm -hmm. It really sure. did. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because. You know, like who? Where does the healer go? Right for healing. You know what I mean. And so that's Oof. why I think it's important to have. Where does the healer yes. go for healing? Yes, like like certain things like that. Just like I can't believe I didn't send that to you. No. But like certain things just really like pull at me, and that was one of those things that I read. Um, because sometimes I, you know, and for people who may not understand what we're talking about, it's like that same quote that says. Mm -hmm. Uh, check on your strong friend. Right, right. You know, mm -hmm. and I feel like sometimes I am the strong friend. Right. Not right. just in my friendships, but even in my family. Yes. You yes. know, even in my family. Yes. You know, and so sometimes I feel like, well, where do I go for refuge? But that's why I have certain rituals or things that I, you know, like whether it's working out or mm -hmm. doing yoga mm -hmm. or going for a run. And, and of course, I have certain people in my circle that I can right. talk to, that I can right. dump. Yeah. You right. gotta have somewhere where you can dump. Right. Yeah. I'm happy that you said that because what, you know, part of what I wanted to talk to you about is health and wellness mm -hmm. with, with men, specifically black men. And you've always been um, really into your overall health. Mm hmm. Um, to a certain extent, well, you've always been into your appearance. You know, it's one thing to be concerned with your appearance, mm -hmm. but it's another thing to be concerned with your overall health and your wellness and how that translates into appearance. Mm -hmm. And so at what point in your life do you feel like you first started paying attention to what it means to be healthy? Oh, I remember being at Hampton and I remember thinking about working out on mm -hmm. a consistent basis, right? We had a track, and so I would go over to the track. And, and the reason that I started going to the track was because I remember being in the shower one day and looking down, and I remember my stomach was protruding, just naturally, just yeah, like yeah. relaxed. I remember my stomach protruding, and I couldn't see my dick. Can I see uh, that? <laughs> you yeah, can you can. That. And so I was just like, oh, uh-uh. And so I started going to the track, but the I wasn't- The Hampton track? Uh, the Hampton track. But working out really is a mindset. Uh -huh. Like you have to kind of click into it. You have yes. to kind of activate to it. It's over there. Okay. You know? In the and, cooler. But uh, 
I, I, it was a thing where I had to be conscious. And so I said, okay, I'm going to start working out. And I remember going to the track. But Hamptons is on the water, for those who may not know. And so as soon as it started it's getting... It's called the home by the sea. The home by the sea. But as yeah. soon as it started getting cool, I wasn't going out to that track. And plus it started getting dark early. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like in the yeah. fall, this fall season or semester. And so... I wasn't really serious. But then when it started getting warmer, mm -hmm. I remember there was a, a Bally's Fitness over on Coliseum Drive. I really didn't start getting serious mm -hmm. about working out until I was 22. Mm. Ah, so after we graduated. After we graduated, yeah, I was, was 22. So so now you are vegetarian adjacent. Yeah, pescatarian. pescatarian You're yes. pescatarian. Uh -huh. And um, two years. Two what years. does that mean? So I still eat seafood, mm -hmm. but I don't do dairy. I don't eat meat. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so that's a that's a big part of your health, mm -hmm. and it's also a big part of how you keep up your mm -hmm. appearance. Mm -hmm. But I do know that health to you is more than just you know going to the doctor, mm -hmm. what you eat. It's also being very aware of your status. Right. Getting blood work done yes. on a regular basis, mm -hmm. and I know that that came into your life because. Well, because you're in the community. Mm -hmm. And while we all need to be concerned Absolutely. with yes. our, you know, status, yeah. if you will, um, for as long as Craig has been out of the closet, mm -hmm. he has been talking to me about the importance Absolutely. of STDs mm -hmm. and going to get help mm -hmm. or going to get a test and making sure you know your status. Mm -hmm. Do you think you would have been as concerned? Oh, or, right. Yes, with your status? No, your, I don't. Oh. Because I don't think the straight people, you all, mm -hmm. and most of you <laughs> listening, <laughs> I don't think that because I, I don't think it's really been um, pushed in your face as much as it has been in ours. Is that oh because it hasn't been pushed yeah. in your faces? Yeah, and so historically, right. you know, at the onset of the whole HIV/AIDS thing, it was it, the idea was that it was a gay gay man's disease, a gay white man's disease. Right. Then it became. A black gay man's disease. Now, in 2019, it's a black people's disease. Yes. Mm -hmm. So. And if you really want to look into the stats, it's mm -hmm. a black women dying. Correct. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So I don't think that if I was not a part of the gay community, that I would be as concerned with it. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I think that a lot of straight people have a false sense of security. Mm. Mm -hmm. the, the, yeah. Like, I, I, I can't even begin to tell you how many conversations I've had with people about PrEP. Can you tell the people what PrEP is? PrEP is, um, it, it's an HIV drug, Truvada, but it's used for people like me that are HIV negative, or like us that are HIV mm -hmm. negative. So a, only a person that is HIV negative that can use PrEP right. because it helps you prevent HIV in the event that you're exposed to the virus. Mm -hmm. I have issues with PrEP because there are a lot of side effects. And, it, and any drug is going to have side effects. Right, but right. for me, my concern is, and I'm seeing articles coming up now mm -hmm. where folk that are, some folk that are on PrEP are experiencing bone loss mm -hmm. or bone density or kidney failure. My fear, and like I said, it's, it seems like in some of these studies it's coming, coming to surface, that I could jump on PrEP to protect mm -hmm. myself from HIV, but then five years, six years, seven years down the line, I'm having kidney failure. Right, right. Because, you know, so like, what's right. the lesser of the two evils? Yeah, so there's a responsibility that you have to have in order to be healthy. Mm -hmm. And do you think black men overall, or black people, mm -hmm. 
why is it that we don't do as good of a job as we should in terms of practicing proper health and wellness care? Well, because I think there's a medical mistrust. Yes, that is absolutely true. In the black community. And that, that goes back to, you could even go back as far as the Tuskegee experiment. Yeah. Um, for those who may not be familiar with it, it was, you know, black men were basically used given as guinea syphilis. pigs. Given syphilis. Yeah, yes. given syphilis. Yeah, yes. And, you know, no they treatment. And, and no treatment. Um, so, I mean, you know, the, the stories like that that have carried over generationally. And then I think that, that men in general, regardless of race, always have a fear of the unknown or going to get tested. And to be honest with you, most men who are really up on their health mm -hmm. are usually pushed by the women in their life. Yes. Women are more usually more versed right. in prostate cancer or issues that affect men right. than men are with right. mm -hmm. issues that affect women, whether it's endometriosis or you know fibroids or whatever it is. Men aren't usually versed in that kind of stuff. Right. Women usually are very, very clear because they're concerned about their father or their brother or their husband or you know, significant other. When do you go to the doctor? Um, I, I really do think that it's important to probably, in terms of HIV, it's no. important to oh, get okay. tested okay. every six months. Mm -hmm. But it's important to get an annual checkup. Like with, you know, like with my father and my grandfather, my paternal grandfather, they both were diagnosed with prostate cancer. Mm. Um, my grandfather, he was diagnosed, I think I was probably in high school. And then my father was diagnosed like sophomore year at Hampton and because of that that was mm -hmm. when I really started to really focus on like mm -hmm. uh, working out mm -hmm. and what I was eating at the time I was eating red meat I was still eating meat but two Septembers ago I just I just made the decision to remove meat from my diet period and that's that's not to say that I could never be you know diagnosed with prostate right, cancer but it lowers the chances yeah, because right. cancer isn't just about what we what we ingest it's also the chemical stuff that I mean it was a journey like it wasn't something that I did overnight right. and there are some things that I don't and I don't necessarily subscribe to uh, the vegan lifestyle because I definitely still wear leather <laughs> but you know you got to think about those things that you're ingesting um, you know it's interesting when you're just talking about the diet because when you know right after my diagnosis I started seeing a uh, dietary oncologist. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm like, can I eat this? Can I eat this? Can I eat this? There was nothing that they said I couldn't eat except mm -hmm. for one thing. They did not want me drinking Diet Coke. Really? So what was it about Diet Coke? They said it's a, a lot of harmful chemicals. One of the things that I find fascinating, just going back to what we were saying a moment ago, when you think about gay men, and I don't care if you're talking about black gay men, white gay men, Hispanic gay men, the majority, if not the, uh, I, I won't say the majority, but a great percentage of gay men are very, very much so into fitness and working out. Mm -hmm. And the thing, the contradiction that I've always found very interesting is as invested as we are in our appearance, mm -hmm. in terms of looking young, staying fit, we, we also have a tendency to put ourselves at risk for HIV. It's like, you're so concerned about the outer, but what That's about- That's so interesting. You know? Yeah, but it's like, yeah. but what about protecting yourself right. from, and this, is, this doesn't mean all gay men are this way, but right. what I'm saying is there's enough that I can make this statement. 
And so it's like, you know, you're concerned about your outward appearance mm -hmm. and, you know, your your hair has to be cut the right way and, you know, your skin is the mm -hmm. right way and, you know, you, you, your teeth and mm -hmm. just whatever. Mm -hmm. But you'd be willing to risk having unprotected sex with someone that you may or may not know, right. but may not well, even ask not, the question. Yeah, and I mean, I, I get what you're saying, that yeah. that's prevalent in the gay community, mm -hmm. but I also think that's prevalent in no, the No, absolutely, it, it yeah, absolutely, absolutely is prevalent yeah, absolutely. in the straight community. That's a people yeah, thing. Yeah, absolutely. That's not a gay... I was in a relationship for four and a half years, mm -hmm. and we used condoms. Yeah. Because guess what? We didn't want to have a baby. Right. Um, and I'm not going to tell you that never, ever, ever in those right. four and a half years did he never not use a condom. Mm -hmm. But I am going to tell you that it, that was Rare. few and far between. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very few yeah. and far between. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I would say that that is very, um, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but that's very unusual. Because condoms mm -hmm. often disappear from relationships. Yeah. Especially when you talk about you relationships. It's funny that you say that because I have guy friends who say that to me. You know, if I'm dealing with a guy for a certain amount of time, like one of my guy friends, he'll always make a joke like, he's hitting it raw. I'm like, no. He's like, you lying. You lying. You been rocking with him for mad long. He ain't with him. No, 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 no. But I do think that, you know, as we think about like health, because we, you know, we spend a lot of time on the podcast talking about you know, just life overall mm -hmm. and love and relationships and cancer. Um, I just, you know, we definitely wanted to have you on the show just to talk about a male perspective. Mm -hmm. um, because I do think, I love what you said and it's very true about black men going to the doctor and that mo most of the time is a black woman behind yeah. him saying, you know, you should be going um, to the doctor. And... And that's okay. Mm -hmm. However, you get there, get there. Yeah, yeah. Even but, if it's a, even it, if it's a black, even if it's a, a, a one of your homegirls. Absolutely. Because I definitely have homeboys, and I'm like, yo. Yeah, yeah. Go get like, yeah. especially like how you were talking about prostate cancer. You over forty, go get your prostate mm -hmm. checked. But I just want that same kind of support for black women. Mm -hmm. you, you know Listen, I mean? you see my shirt. Yeah. Respect, protect, love the black woman. Yeah. Nobody's yeah. really pretending. Like, who, who's really crying for the black woman? I don't know. You know? And, and that's what I'm saying. So, in the same way that black women are holding black men down, mm -hmm. I think that, you know, we need to see more, you know, examples of black men doing the same for black women. And there are some out there. Yeah, there are. But it's missing. Yeah, there's definitely a void. Um, let's talk a little bit about love. Oh. Because we do. We do. We love. We do. We do. We love hard. That's the one thing that we have in common. Have you ever loved somebody through, you know, Michelle is fortunate enough to be in a relationship with a man who loved her through cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you mm -hmm. know, loving somebody through any disease requires um, commitment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. On both sides, and it also requires recognition. You know, I, you know, af I would assume, Michelle, that after coming out of mm -hmm. having had cancer, mm -hmm. do you look at Nas like, thank you for loving me and sticking by me? Because I've heard some stories of women who have been diagnosed with cancer and their man left. left. Yeah, no, I've heard, I've heard the same stories, and um, you know, I think that I set the tone for how I wanted to be treated. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to be treated regular. And I think because I was being treated regular and how I, you know, just handled the chemo and, and day to day, there wasn't a huge shift in our home environment outside of just like after chemo, being, being in the bed, recuperating and that kind of thing. Um, 
But I did see him just from a heart, like who he was as a man. I did see him, you know, in a in a way that I probably hadn't seen a man before. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. I, I kind of felt like I could appreciate the fact that he was loving me like unconditionally. You know, like mm -hmm. when they say for better, for worse, we're not married, but like for better, for worse. And this was some worse shit. This is like the worst shit yeah. that they talk about when you're yeah. giving your vows. And I'm like, holy shit, this is the worst shit. And I remember the day I got the call that the biopsy was positive. He, you know, came home and he just came in the bedroom and I was sitting on the bed and I was like, my number's up, my number's up. Cause I had talked a lot, you know, in life, like I've lived like a great life, you mm -hmm. know, like I've had a great life. I can't really complain about a lot of shit. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, my number's up. He was like, you want some wine? I was like, I sure do. Mm -hmm. I remember we just had a glass of wine. He's like, you know, I just want you to know I'm gonna be here no matter what. Mm. And I was like, thank you. You know, like he literally was in there. Did you then, literally say thank you? Yeah, and we never talked about it again. Wow. Then we just went into like action mode. Danny knows like, okay, y'all be here on this day. And then, right. you know, and then I just went into action. So here's the question that I have for you. Mm -hmm. um, Cause I, I think that you answered part of my question. Mm -hmm. um, that there was no real shift in the, mm -hmm. in the house. The dynamic, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean there wasn't a shift in Nas. Yeah. yeah. That doesn't mean that emotionally he mm -hmm. wasn't afraid. Mm -hmm. That we, because because what we know, mm -hmm. you and I, based on our relationship, is mm -hmm. that there wasn't a shift in us either. Right. But right. inside, mm -hmm. there was a shift. shift. Yeah. Yeah. Inside, I was shifting, and I didn't realize how much I was shifting. I, I did. I had my days, mm -hmm. but I just wonder what that shift was for Nas, you know, because there's mm -hmm. some level of fear mm -hmm. that's introduced whenever yeah. somebody that you love tells yeah. you, like, I have this disease that may very well take my life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, if that's a great, that's a great question. Um, I never saw or felt a shift. And in moments when I would say, you know, are you okay about this? Like, how do you feel about this? I think one day I said, you know, do you still love me the same? Hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. I asked him, do you still love me the same? How long after had you asked that? You um, know? It might have been like, uh, my hair was thinning. Uh-huh. Um, you know, my hair was thinning and you could see my scalp. Uh-huh. And I remember just asking him, we were having a conversation and I just said, do you love me the same? And he said, I love you more. Mm. Oh my God. See, that's that love that I want. Yeah, I mean, that's why, you know, he's still around. People are like, oh, you know. Because you know, I'm like, no, he's he's one of the best people I know on this earth. Because I think what we all crave and what we all want in our love is someone that can anchor us. Yes, yes, no, it's true. It is to true. Really anchor you. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I had a really honest. I forgot. I, no, Daddy's got me. I know. I see your eyes tearing that. up. I mean, got the water in my eyes. Like, <laughs> but I was literally thinking today, and I think it kind of crossed my mind yesterday. You know, I sometimes wonder if if that is really going to be something that I will experience. Because mm -hmm. I don't really think that that's everybody's story. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, I don't yeah. think everybody gets that happily ever after. You, I think everybody gets a happily ever after, but I don't think it's always that way. Everybody might not think that that and yeah, that's happy yeah, and, and exactly, that's exactly what exactly, I mean. No, and that's that exactly, might not be enough for everybody. Exactly, right, right, and that's yeah. exactly what I mean. You know, and I think that 
you know, we're, we're conditioned mm -hmm. as children to think that that's, that's the end goal, that we're supposed to aspire to having that person that we live with for 30, 40, 50 years and you, you, know, you die right. happily together and whatever. Kind of like that, the notebook, that mm -hmm. movie. But I don't think that's everybody's story. That's not everybody's yeah. wish, but that's not always everybody's story. Even if that is your wish, that's not always right. how your story is going to play out. Well, and you know, I, I mean, I'm gonna keep it 100. You know, so you know, you get through the cancer, and for a while, you're just trying to like get back to yourself. Yeah. And I think it was just like you know, I don't know. Danny might know better than me, but at a certain point, once it clicked that I'm back, yeah. There was a moment where I'm like, I'm back. And probably, you know, like as Danny talked about, you know, I, I didn't want anyone to know. Mm -hmm. You know, she was just talking about like her friend being celebrated. I didn't, I just didn't want no one to know. The people who knew, knew we're going to keep it moving. And mm -hmm. it, it was just quiet forever. Mm -hmm. That's what it was going to be. Mm -hmm. I didn't know until you all started this podcast. Yeah, no, a lot of people, like, I mean, people at BET were hitting me like, how was we working together? And we didn't even, you know, right. no one knew. And that's how I wanted it to be. Because I didn't want it to be like, I didn't want to be known like, yeah. And the, girl. the same yeah, way I when I told her that I was gay, I didn't want to be known as. I like, understand. It's labels, yeah. it's all these labels, yeah. and you know, Boxes. you and I talk about, you know, like there's labels that you're like, yeah, I want to be associated with these yeah. labels, and there's labels you're like, I don't want to be associated with. Yeah. But then now I'm starting to, you know, and I said to Danny, like, okay, are we getting married? Like, you said okay, that? do I, I? I mean, I said to him, like, what are we, you know, what are we doing? Because uh -huh. now it's like, okay, now I see things a little differently. Yeah. Because what I really understand about relationships, which I never knew before, because I had a, 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 I was diagnosed with a disease that could kill me, mm -hmm. is that you need a partner to support you. Mm -hmm. and, and you as I like to support, say, to anchor you. To anchor you. To so for me, you. you know, I'm like, okay, if you're my partner, I need you to be my partner all the way. Because right now we're living in a house, we're playing house, mm -hmm. and you're supporting me, but I want you to support me 100%. That if anything happens to me, you know, we're covered. Insurance, there's a lot of things that so happen. I, but you and I have mm -hmm. had this conversation mm -hmm. before. I really want to understand mm -hmm. what marriage represents to you. And I'm asking you this because if you're saying that he loves you the way that you want to be loved, and yes, you guys have your ups and downs mm -hmm. or whatever, but he's anchoring you and he loves you. And the only thing missing is these vows. What is it? And and then mm -hmm. and then and mm -hmm. if you bring in and if you're bringing in this whole um, you know notion of insurance and stuff, that's not true because this day and age there is you know um, what do they call it um, when you live in the common same law. Like, common mm -hmm. law um, insurance. I think I think for me when I say security, there's a couple things. One, you know, when you're going through cancer and you're signing all the paperwork, one of the things that they said we need you to have like you know a relative mm -hmm. to this if this goes left they're gonna pull the plug if this goes you mm -hmm. know and they were like you know so with my boyfriend they're like no like a family member and that's why and the I was marriage like, became so yeah important. i was like wait a minute if something happens to me he doesn't even have a say mm -hmm. he's not on any of my paperwork mm -hmm. i mean unless you wrote it up to say that he does have a well, say. well I, I mean i guess i would have to have like an attorney and all that yeah. but it just, because, it just because, kind of felt like because your family could always come in and they can come in that. exactly yeah. Yeah. so for me i just felt like if he is my right hand we're together then why wouldn't we just have it where by law we're together because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. it was really like at the top of the year when i started feeling like I'm back. Mm -hmm. And at that point, the shift, then it started impacting everybody. I feel like the past three years, I've been a little like, 
MJ 5.0. Mm-hmm. You know, like not at 100%. Mm-hmm. I'm at 50%. But I, you know, I honestly think that that's what life is about, though. I think whether it's whether it's HIV, whether it's cancer, mm-hmm. whether it's a death of a family member, a child, a parent. It's it's all designed to make us live more fervently. Mm. That's what I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Like you know, like you said, like when that said to Dana, we're gonna do this podcast. She's like, all right. I asked, will you do it? She's like, yes. We went hard in the paint. Mm-hmm. Like we've been going hard. I mean, literally for the for the past eight months, we've been doing it. I didn't want the lesson because I do believe everything happens to you. There's a lesson to learn. Um. You know, just to be in vain. Like, I want to help people. I mm-hmm. want to have this conversation, like the conversation we're having now. Mm-hmm. I think, like, some of the things you shared, I mean, it's just perfect. Like, yeah, people are taking care of one aspect of their life, even me. Mm-hmm. Like, my career, you know, my home. There's so many things. You know, Danny was teasing me. She's like, how do you got, like, you know, you got, like, plush carpet, but then your nails ain't done. You know, uh-huh, there's certain uh-huh. areas that you're so pristine and it has yeah. to be this way. And then there's other areas where it's like, I don't want to go to the gym, but yeah. I need, you know, I think it's very interesting that there's these huge kind of, right. This you know, yeah, contradiction. I think that we yeah. all have those, you know, it's interesting because, um, we, and I be checking on people too. Did you do X, Y, and Z? Right. Did you do X, Y, and this is why I said to somebody the other day, I said, why is it that I have the ability to commit so hard to everybody but me? Mm. And that's why certain things like, being able to just say, Danny, I'm not going to have a drink until my birthday. Hold tight to that. Like, mm-hmm. you gave yourself your word. Like, that's it. Mm-hmm. That's nothing, it's nothing more important than that to me. It's just a, it's just a commitment to myself. And I want to be able to do better with it. And that's how I feel about, like, this whole thing with my health. Mm-hmm. It's like every time, you know, they say that discipline is the difference between what you want now and what you want most. Mm. And what I want most is to be healthy. I want to love what I see when I look in the mirror. Yeah. Internally, I love me. Yeah. Like, I love how I love other people. I do not like how I love myself. Wow. I don't love myself well enough. I do not, I don't do a good job of loving me. And that's so hard to say mm-hmm. out loud. But that, I think that's the beginning. That's the first step to moving. That You've already set the intention. So yeah. it's like, at least it puts you on the pathway mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to what you see. Because yeah. again, going back to what I was saying earlier, your imagination is God's proof mm-hmm. to you of what's possible in your life. That's not just about a dream or right, seeing yourself right. married or seeing yourself living in this house right. or seeing yourself owning a business. It, it could be your physical being too. Like whatever it is that God has planted in your mm-hmm. imagination, it's possible. Because mm-hmm. if it wasn't, you wouldn't even have the capacity to see it, to imagine yeah, it. Right. The way that you love yourself shows up in the type of situations you mm-hmm. push yourself in. Oh, yes. Um, the way you allow people to treat you. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, mm-hmm. and there, there was a time in my life when I was so much stronger. Mm-hmm. I mean, the old Danny was a force to be mm-hmm. reckoned with. Mm-hmm. I'm good. I'm keeping Why is he smiling? Yes. Because I you know. Seen it? Yes. Yeah. And, and, and mm-hmm. I, ha- I know it. And I've, I have a friend that said the same thing to me. He said, what happened to the old prank that used to, you know? Yeah, like there's just little things that I tolerate. Yeah. And I'd be like, girl, the old Danny would have never tolerated yeah. that. And we I lowered remember, the bar. Yeah, and I remember just a, you know, this is like just a, a slight story. And I don't think I've ever told this story on the microphone. I was dating a guy. <laughs> this is this is many, many moons ago. And apparently he had been interested in me for years. And finally one day we... Whatever, long story short, we ended up rocking with each other. And I remember telling him, like, listen, 
I'm not just sleeping with anybody. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't do that. Like, I'm not promiscuous. I don't just be getting on with any old body or whatever. And he said, and I said, the next man that I sleep with is going to be my man. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, all right, you know. And we kept dating or whatever. And then eventually I gave him some. Mm-hmm. And... She just licked her lips. I don't know what that means. <laughs> no, it doesn't mean anything. It just means, I mean, I'm not going to lie. The sex with him was good, but I licked my lips because my lips were dry. <laughs> not because I was reminiscing. Um, and so he said, so after we had sex, he says to me, so you're my girl, right? And I was like, what? <laughs> and he was like, you said uh-huh. that the next man you slept with was going to be a man. Yeah. And I was like, I thought to myself, exactly. Clarity is our yeah. Clarity yeah. Is our yeah. And I said to myself, well, goddamn, we did say that. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Right. But he was like, yo, you my girl. Like, that's it. Like, I'm locking you down and uh-huh. this is it. But those are the type, I, I had standards. Mm-hmm. I date well. I don't play games well. Right. I don't give myself unnecessarily well. Like, for me, to give myself means that you are deserving of me. And I am you've deserving of me. Yeah, mm-hmm. not even that you've earned, but that but that it's what comes next. Mm-hmm. I haven't had good sex like that in a really, 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 really mm-hmm. long time. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, I have not really been connected is. with somebody like yeah. that in a long time. Yeah. When you're connected with somebody like that, the sex is amazing. That's when it's not it's not sex. It's love making. When you are <laughs> like, yo, when there's no, there's no no, you know yeah. they like, oh, turn over, do this, do that, and you like, okay, you know, or you telling them, do this, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know what mm-hmm, I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Choke me. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, you know what I mean? There's a, yeah. it's, it's just, there's a synergy. There's a synergy, and I miss that. And I don't do I don't do well in the, you know, I'm I'm sleeping with you, and you you might be sleeping with so and so, because I can't give me I can't give all of me to you mm-hmm. when I know I don't have all of you. Um, well, you know, going back to what we were saying a moment ago, for me, you know, as I was saying before, like I sometimes wonder if I'm going to be a person that enjoys. A long-term relationship mm-hmm. like I've had relationships like I've never had a problem dating like in my 20s mm-hmm. I'm 43 now I've never had problems in my 20s or 30s dating mm-hmm. I've learned that the qualities that often draw people to you are often the same qualities that mm. make them insecure mm-hmm. once they're with you talent talent and it's it's just say become... that again for the people <laughs> yeah the qualities that often draw people to you are often the same qualities that make them insecure once they're in a relationship with you. Yeah, right. So it's like all of these things that they loved yeah. about you, you're driven, you're you're attractive, yeah. Yeah. you're educated, you're this, they all they all of a sudden become these weapons that they use against mm-hmm. you. Oh, you think you know it all. What I'm arriving at, it's like people of substance are almost like kryptonite to men. Mm-hmm. And, and, and in, in particular, I'm talking about black women because my experiences with black women as my friends, as my mother, as my aunts, as my, you know, whatever. Because mm-hmm. I believe that there's a there's a unspoken bond between gay men and women. And oftentimes I think we think that that connection is because we're, gay men and women are interested in shopping or mm-hmm. eating out mm-hmm. in restaurants mm-hmm. or aesthetics or movies or whatever. But for me, I don't think it's that. I think it's the unspoken thing. And the mm-hmm. unspoken thing mm-hmm. is our similar 
experiences in relationships. We have similar heartaches, mm -hmm. similar heartbreaks, similar disappointments. Mm -hmm. And the common denominator is the men that we date. Right. So we have that in common. And so what I found is the commonality or the common denominator, when you're a person of substance, you're sometimes like kryptonite mm -hmm. to men. Because men, in my opinion, are the most insecure creatures alive. And so they can't always handle someone who's independent, mm -hmm. who's self-sufficient. Mm -hmm. And so what I've learned is the consequence of being a person of substance with standards and quality mm. means sometimes being single a little longer. Mm. Because you're not willing to, to sacrifice. You don't make me cry on this mic. You know, because you're not willing to, to just go for the stuff that everybody else is going for. Right. You know, because I've been single now, I'm coming up on eight years. And it's not because I haven't, because I've dated. I've right, dated right, plenty. Right. But getting to the relationship is a different conversation because I'm just not, and, and, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm willing to compromise. I'm just not willing to negotiate my standards. Mm. And those are two different things. There was a time in my life that I used to confuse compromise with settling. It's important to be able to compromise in a relationship, but compromising is about, okay, well, we, we can do Italian tonight. We don't have to do Asian. Right. Mm -hmm. We can, okay, let's compromise on the color of the wall. We yes. can compromise on where we're going to go on vacation. But that's completely different from settling, mm -hmm. me lowering the bar, me dating down, me shrinking, mm. because you can't mm. handle all that I bring to the table. Mm. And let me, uh, listen, and the truth of the matter is, as a woman, mm -hmm. I have settled. We, I, I, I have too. I, I, I have settled, and um, you know they say when you settle, you already get less than what you started mm -hmm. out with. And the worst thing is to be disappointed or to care mm -hmm. for something, for something that, that you didn't even want in the beginning. Oh, man, Absolutely, come on, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's like I had to talk myself into dealing with yeah. you. Yeah, and then you disappointed because me. Because lo you listen, we say this: loneliness yeah. will have you making the wrong choice. Poor decisions out of loneliness. Listen, I was just thinking. I I've made them. I just had this moment where I had dated this dude, and I fell for this dude. And Danny and I, I'll never forget this, we were at DSW. <laughs> and that song, Nobody Knows It But Me. Yes, Tony Rich. It was Rick. playing, it was uh -huh. playing. And then I started singing and Danny looks at me and goes, you really fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> like, Do you remember really, this? I was fucked up. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, but, you know like people are like, oh, this person. Because you were sprung. Remember that song, I'm sprung. She was yes. sprung off of that dude. I remember that. It's inappropriate. <sighs> Look, it's, you, you know, and, and, it's inappropriate. <laughs> and, you know, I read this on social media, yeah. too. And, 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 and this was one of those things that kind of mm. gut punched me. We dated the level of our self-esteem. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Damn, Chris. <laughs> Please we, don't tell me that. We, we date <laughs> at the level of right our self-esteem. We uh, do. No, I mean, we do. If and you I, really no, listen, it. listen. And that's what, so this is what I was saying earlier about the way that I love myself. Mm -hmm. Because if you think about it, if I love myself the way that mm -hmm. I should love myself, there are certain people I would never rock with. You wouldn't punish mm. yourself by putting yourself in a relationship that didn't make sense. No. Yeah. And then mm. you be trying to fit, mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. when you put yourself in these relationships that do not make sense, yep. you spend the entire relationship trying to make sense mm. out of a senseless situation. Mm. Mm. And on that note, exactly. <laughs> we're going to start to move forward and bring this episode to a close. <laughs> but Craig, I want to say this to you because, I mean, we've truly enjoyed having you on the podcast. I enjoyed being um, here. I, I, 
really appreciate you. Yes. Um, we loved having you on here. We love your perspective. Thank you. And so I would love for you to tell us what your quick sip is. Oh, and wow. And then Michelle and I will share our quick sips. Okay. Uh, well, since I know that um, a good percentage or proportion of your listeners are women, I will say this. And this is in so much to say a book of quotes. Single women raising little boys are in the position to raise those little boys to become the men they were never able to find. Mm. Committed, faithful, and loyal. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's a hell of a quote. That's a hell of a quote. <laughs> uh, so here's my quick step. You can be the ripest, juiciest peach in the world, and there's still going to be somebody who hates peaches. Mm. 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 That's so appropriate. We're in Georgia, the Georgia Yes, yeah, no, yeah. So um, that's by Dita Von Ties. I like She's that. a burlesque dancer and an actress. So my quick sip is this. Most can handle good. <laughs> it's great that intimidates. That's my quote. by Craig the Writer Stewart. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. I yes. want to encourage the listeners to be great. Yes. Mm-hmm. And keep going forward. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Thanks for listening, for guys. Here. Bye, guys. Cocktails and Cancer is supported by the Google Podcast Creator Program. Wait, James, you forgot some very important information. Oh, right. This podcast is produced by Another Way Productions. Boop, boop, boop.